Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Get Your Goat. Your host, Josh, here, and it has been a long while, a two-week hiatus, and I don't think the time to take a break is during the NFL offseason. Then again, usually we have rumors of trades that could happen, oh, this person's on the block, this could happen, but usually one or two turn into fruition. Not this NFL offseason. This has been not only the best NFL offseason, but also the craziest NFL offseason. So many moves that have happened. So many people changing teams. The landscape and structure of the NFL has changed. I'm going to get into every deal that has happened, or at least I'm going to try. I'm going to cap myself at an hour here because there's so much to talk about. Deshaun Watson, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill today, a few minutes ago, Matt Ryan, the Chargers loading up, uh, the Bengals beefing up their offensive line, the Rams. I'm going to get into all those. Maybe if I have some time or maybe if I want to save so much of the offseason as well to the next show, the NHL trade deadline just passed as well. There are some teams that made some big moves. Steph Curry out until the playoffs. What does that mean for uh, the Warriors? Then March Madness. March Madness. My pick was Duke to win it all preseason. I've kept with Duke. If I have time, I want to talk about some upsets as well. But let's get started with the biggest news that happened about 10 days ago, and I wasn't able to do a podcast on it. That was Tom Brady returning to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it shocked me. It shocked me on that Sunday. You know, I was playing cards with my sister. Uh, ESPN was on March Madness, uh, you know, Selection Sunday, Bracketology, all that. What do I see come across my phone right then and there? Tom Brady returning to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, announcing that he's unretiring. Then it shows up on the ESPN breaking news as well below on the TV. The same message. Could it be real? Tom Brady hijacking March Madness that Sunday. To announce that, Adam Schefter goes on air to discuss it. Tom Brady is back. And what the perfect time? Because it was the day before free agency. You got to make your phone calls to get the band back together. And Tom Brady, the GOAT, says he has unfinished business. And read all these memes. You have people saying, this guy is the career holder for touchdowns, passing touchdowns, uh, yards, uh, most Super Bowls ever, most Super Bowl MVPs ever. Seven Super Bowls, five Super Bowl MVPs. He has so many records. The all-time winningest quarterback of all time, the GOAT, the GOAT. What else does he have to do? What unfinished business? I never thought Tom Brady was fully gone, uh, hinting on his podcast that never say never. Then the day of the Super Bowl, set his alarm for the Super Bowl. He wants to go back and win number eight. And I think he wants to beat the Rams as well. You know, people saying, you know, the Rams kicked him to retirement. Come back and get kicked again, old man. Well, let me tell you this. Tom Brady has returned. The NFC structure, which I'm going to get to in a bit, it has been a lot weaker in the past week than it was when Tom Brady was there in the NFC. But Tom Brady returns And he keeps the band back together somehow. Calls Ryan Jensen up and says, let's go. You want to win another championship? Ryan Jensen said, icing on the cake, get him a call from Tom Brady. They lose Alex Kappa, great right guard, to the Cincinnati Bengals. But they trade for Shaq Mason, a fifth-round pick for a guard graded higher in Kappa. Now, much better run blocker than pass blocker, but he is still elite to me, one of the top three guards 
in the NFL behind Martin and Nelson. He's right there. What else do they do? Resign Carlton Davis, key piece of the secondary as well. That cornerback has been great for them as well. Battled injuries, but when healthy, he's great. He's great. What else do they do? Go out, sign Logan Ryan after they lose Whitehead. So they keep it back. They re-signed William Golston yesterday. What else do they do? They sign Russell Gage from the Atlanta Falcons. They poach from their own division. The best receiver on the Falcons last year was Russell Gage with Calvin Ridley leaving the game. Now he's suspended this year. You know, now all he has is Kyle Pitts. They poach Russell Gage, who's going to be the third uh, string wide receiver when Chris Godwin gets back. It's just brilliant. This is brilliance by Brady. Uh, you know, to me, the unofficial GM, you know, we like to call LeBron the GM, and LeBron has made some great moves throughout his time in the NBA that he kind of orchestrates, but his latest move is his biggest failure in undoing, which is the Russell Westbrook. Tom Brady's never had that issue. He's coordinated this now with Bruce Arians because Bruce Arians, he is just along for the ride. That's all he is. He does nothing. All he does is call out Tom Brady. He's to me, is the hindrance of the team calling the all-out blitz. Leave it to Todd Bowles. Leave it to Byron Leftwich, to Tom Brady, uh, general manager and owner, but Glazers and Jason Light, who have done an amazing job in reconstructing this roster, maneuvering every single cap minefield that you can. The Bucks have won the offseason. They have won the offseason. They are the favorite to go back to the Super Bowl. Tom Brady to win number eight. I couldn't be more excited for September. I was kind of loathing this NFL offseason. Oh, it's just going to be all right. But the GOAT has returned. He is not done yet. This man is on a mission to win another Super Bowl. That's all he cares about. He's reconstructing his contract. He's making like $8 million in salary this year. All because he wants to win another Super Bowl. That is what drives him. Tom Brady, the GOAT, is coming back leading this Tampa Bay Bucks team, and it's going to be a thriller of a season. I cannot wait. That was just one of all the big news that happened. What was another one? Deshaun Watson getting traded to the Cleveland Browns. This was a big deal because at first it looked like the Browns were out of a running. It looked like it was coming down to the Saints, who had a very talented roster, and his hometown, the Atlanta Falcons. But what do the Browns do? The Browns burn the bridge with Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield says, I'm free. You know, I'll play my heart out for anyone, even if it's still here in Cleveland. But then reports come out that say the Browns won an adult at quarterback. Are you kidding me? Baker Mayfield may not be an adult, you know, he says, you know, things that make you wonder, is this guy, you know, really NFL ready, you know, quips at the media, is kind of annoying, but Deshaun Watson, an adult, a man who has 22 civil lawsuits against him, all on the grounds of sexual misconduct, that's an adult? Now, Deshaun Watson's a very talented player. But do I respect him as a person whatsoever? No. Do I respect the Browns organization whatsoever after this move? No. Because not only did they trade for him, and they traded a lot. Three first-round picks, and I believe two additional picks as well. But the main haul is three first-round picks, which is unheard of. But what else did they do? They made this man's salary five years $230 million fully guaranteed. Fully guaranteed. Made Aaron Rodgers three years, you know, 150. Looked like chump change after that. Five years, 230 
million dollars fully guaranteed. And you're fully guaranteeing that money. He's never won a Super Bowl. Never won an AFC championship game. Was up 24-0 on the Chiefs and imploded. Was it all on Deshaun? No. But second half, he did absolutely nothing in that game. So he has immense talent. Is he a top five quarterback in this league? No way. Ain't no way. If I'm not paying Aaron Rodgers five years, 230, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott, uh, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert. Now, a lot of those guys have big contracts. They're all better than Deshaun Watson. And Deshaun gets the biggest one of them all with all those misconduct cases against him. He's in for a world of hurt. There's a lot of Browns fans that don't want him. There's a lot of women in the NFL that don't want him. And there are a lot of NFL fans that are women. There are more women NFL fans than there are women NBA, NHL, other major league sport. Deshaun Watson is in for a world of hurt. He will be booed, I think, at a majority of home games this year. He will be booed at every away game. He will feel the hassle and the heat from a lot of people. And the only way to make it up is to win championships. The only way to give the monkey off the back is win the Super Bowl. Because Baker and Deshaun have been to the very same place. Lost to the same opponent, same fashion. Baker Mayfield, basically, you know, a year removed last year from losing to Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs in a game he should have won. Uh, the defense kind of let them down. He didn't get the ball back. Patrick Mahomes out the second half. Deshaun Watson. Same place, divisional round, lost to the Chiefs. So, that is interesting. I believe Deshaun Watson will get suspended. I think he should get suspended. If Big Ben got suspended for his four games of misconduct, you know, uh, Ray Rice got suspended a few games. Uh, Kareem Hunt got suspended, I believe, eight and heck, if Tom Brady gets suspended four games for deflating a football and Miles Garrett gets suspended eight for punching a player against the head with his own helmet, to me, Deshaun Watson should get a full season worth of suspension until this is all done with. He should not see the football field at all. I don't care how long this drags out uh, because I know the charges were not pressed against him, but he still... Not a good guy, and I stand by that. Uh, I don't want to see the Browns. I don't want to think about the Browns. Uh, you know, they were gaining steam as a respectable underdog franchise that people wanted to root for. And then they pull off this move and then alienate the world against them. And do I think it works out? No. Browns aren't even the best team in their division now. I still like the Bengals ahead of the Browns. To me, the Ravens are and the Browns are neck and neck, and we'll see what the Steelers do with the quarterback position. But this trade isn't does not propel them to Super Bowl contenders. It propels them to a playoff team if Deshaun Watson plays every game. But if he's suspended, like I believe he should be, the first half of the season misses eight or nine, maybe ten games, and they go four and six, five and five. There is no coming back from that in this AFC. Not after it's been reconstructed and reconfigured this offseason. So good for Deshaun Watson for getting his money, just pulling off some kind of heist. And good for the Texans for shipping that bum out of there and getting five picks, including three first rounds to rebuild your franchise. Good for you, Texans. Now go ahead and do something with it because you've been a laughing stock the past couple years. What else has happened? Devontae Adams got traded to the Las Vegas Raiders for a first-round pick in this year's draft and a second-round pick. 
That was unbelievable to me that this happened. This was one that had me floored and shocked that Devontae, you know, said he didn't want to play under the franchise tag, which I got. But I was in the bathroom when I got, you know, a breaking news alert, you know, had my Apple Watch on, had a vibration, figured I'd try to turn my hand. Breaking NFL news, what is it going to be? Devontae Adams traded, you've got to be kidding me. What in the world is going on? And the fact that Aaron Rodgers knew about this, because at first I thought, you know, he didn't know know about it, and they just shipped him out. But the fact that he knew about this all along and still wanted his money tells me that he is the most selfish, self-centered player in the NFL. And I get why he has no rings in the past 10 years, which is why he hasn't won a Super Bowl, which is why he's had multiple girlfriends and engagements called off, because he is that selfish, that selfish, to let Devontae Adams walk because you're concerned about just getting your money. It is utterly pathetic that Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers let Devontae Adams, the best wide receiver in football, get traded for a first-round pick and a second-round pick? Congratulations to Devontae for leaving the frozen tundra that is Green Bay. What kind of man wants to live where it's cold and snowy like that all the time and it's negative 20? He doesn't want that. He lives in California. He grew up an Oakland Raiders fan. His team was the Raiders. Now they're in Las Vegas. His boy is Derek Carr, who they train with all the time. And to me, Devontae Adams is hands down the best wide receiver in the NFL. To me, he hasn't been the best wide receiver the past year, the past two years. He's been the best wide receiver the past four or five years. That's how good he's been. He has been consistently great. He'll miss a game or two. But he has consistently been leading the league in yards, touchdowns, receptions, targets, everything the past four or five years. Michael Thomas will have a great year. Where has he been the past couple of years? Cooper Cup had a great year this year. Where has he been the other years? DeAndre Hopkins has had a couple, has had a lot of good years, but he's now dealing with injuries uh, the past few. So Devontae has been the most reliable, the best receiver, and he got paid a fat new contract that he deserved as well, making him the highest paid wide receiver, I believe it was five years, $141 million. It was great for Devontae. It was great for the Raiders to get him as well and have a number one threat with Derek Carr now. Now you have a scary offense. Derek Carr, who I believe is a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. Devontae Adams, the best wide receiver in the NFL. Hunter Renfro, who just had 1,000 yards and is one of the best slot wide receivers in the NFL. And Darren Waller, when healthy, a top five tight end in the NFL. And, to me, an above-average offensive line. And backfield, you got Josh Jacobs as well. Uh, You know, is no slouch. Look at this team. On defense, Max Crosby led the league in pressures last year. They go out and sign Chandler Jones as well to have a great elite rushing duo. Only holes I see in this team now are the secondary, and I think we're trying to get Stephon Gilmore. So what a trade for the Raiders to get Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. They don't even have a number one wide receiver now. Alan Lazard is their best guy to me. He's not even a number two wide receiver. The Green Bay backers are toast. They're done. Aaron Rodgers can enjoy his money and whatever he wants, but this team, you know, they cut Zydaria Smith. Gone is Aaron Rodgers or Devontae Adams. They are no longer going to be the number one seed. They are no longer the class of the NFC with the great record. It is shocking that the Green Bay Packers let Devontae Adams just go like that. Just walk away when you have the control. 
You have the franchise tag on him. You've offered him a big contract, and you just let him go. It's mind-boggling to me that the Raiders pulled off this trade and that uh, the Green Bay Packers agreed to this deal. Then what happened in the wake of that news today? Tyreek Hill saw that. He wanted a brand new contract. So, the Kansas City Chiefs offered him a big old contract. But Tyreek Hill said, no, nah fam, I'm good, I want a little bit more. A little bit more for what? To go to the Jets or the Dolphins and at the end gets traded to the Dolphins. He leaves one of the best coaches in the NFL, Andy Reid. One of the best quarterbacks in Patrick Mahomes and one of the best offensive systems in the Kansas City Chiefs, Andy Reid, Eric the Enemy, to go uh, to the Miami Dolphins? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? That's what you want? But what he wanted was to be the highest paid player. Which is why he got four years, $120 million. And said, Devante, take that. And to me, I just don't get it. Tyreek Hill was not a top five wide receiver to me this past year. Now, he's great. I'm not going to you know, go knocking him down or anything. But he is not the cream of the crop when it comes to the wide receiver group. I've got Devontae Adams and Cooper Cup right now and everybody else behind them. I got my Debo. I got my Jamar Chase. You know, Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill in that conversation. But he's not top two. And when you're top two, I don't know why I'm paying you like you're number one. Uh, And, you know, to me... I just don't. I just don't see it. Uh, when you compare the numbers, Tyreek Hill uh, and Devontae Adams of sorts, uh, Tyreek Hill is not in that conversation. I mean, he did uh, have like a great year this year. Career catches: one hundred and eleven catches, twelve hundred yards. Year before, you know. 87 catches, 1,200 yards. Uh, He's had four seasons of, you know, 1,000-plus yards. He he won a Super Bowl, so I'll give him that. But Devontae Adams, to me, two years back-to-back, all pro. 1,300 yards year before, 1,500 this year. 18 touchdowns last year, 11 this year. uh, Five-time pro bowler in a row. I mean, he is that good, that guy. Uh, Tyreek Hill is not that guy. Now, he's fast. He's the fastest player in the NFL. But I'm looking at a team that is the Kansas City Chiefs, and you have an opportunity to make a bunch of money and to win Super Bowls. But now you're going to be Dolphins, where you're going to make a bunch of money, but you won't be competing for Super Bowls anymore. So I just don't get it. I mean, it's like working for a big company like, you know, Google, Amazon, Tesla, Meta, Twitter, you know, any big brand Nike that you think of, and you have a guaranteed nice position, you're one of the best. So they give you $200,000, and it's good. You'll love it. It's great. But you see somebody else at another one of those companies, you know, making two twenty-five. dollars So then a little rinky-dink company says, Oh heck, we'll offer you two hundred and fifty, and you're going to go to that job with no stability, where the company, you know, could go under just because they're taking a huge gamble on you. 
Heck no. I want good management. I want a good system. I'll sacrifice 50 grand if I'm guaranteed uh, safety and that I know I'm going to keep on succeeding. Where in that position, I don't have a good team around me at, at all. Now, it's no knock on the Dolphins themselves because I think Jalen Waddell can be an NFL star. He was great last year. Mike Gusecki, Devontae Parker. But the question is, they signed Taron Armstead. The question is, the quarterback position. Now, you just traded down the quarterback position. You had Patrick Mahomes, who to me was going to enter this year as the best quarterback in the NFL, then Brady, you know, unceremoniously unretired, so he takes that spot back. But you trade Patrick Mahomes for Tua Tagovailoa, this isn't going to be the same. Uh, I'm glad Tyreek Hill got his money, but you ain't sniffing a Super Bowl the rest of your career. I'm happy you got your one ring, but this was a guy who, you know, Kelsey, you know, reworks his contract a little bit. Patrick Mahomes, you know, tweaks his contract a little bit. They asked Tyreek to do a little contract restructure. He says, nah, I'm good. Not only am I not going to restructure my contract, but how about you write me a big fat new check or else I'm leaving. And the Chiefs got five first round picks. I'm not my bad. Five picks. One of them is a first round. I believe, you know, two fourths, a fifth, a third or something like that. But they only got one first rounder from this. Uh, this is big because, yes, I expect, you know, the Chiefs went out and signed Juju Smith-Schuster, who's not a number one guy. We saw that with Pittsburgh. He had his best receiving season was when Antonio Brown was on his team, and Antonio Brown was eating up all those double teams, and Juju got 1,000 yards. They traded Antonio, expecting Juju to be the number one guy. He was not that guy. Then he decided to do TikToks, got lit up by the Bengals, wasn't even the best receiver on the Steelers this past year. Now he goes to the Chiefs. Now the Chiefs will draft a wide receiver in the first round. And I believe, you know, you can get that production. But what you can't replicate from Tyreek Hill is what his nickname is, the Cheetah. He is the fastest player in the NFL. In back-to-back years, he has single-handedly won you games in the playoffs. This last year, it was the Buffalo Bills. And he just torched them all up and down the field. This past year, it was the Bills again, where he's waving to you, giving you the peace sign again as he's running into the end zone. And he's giving the peace sign to people that are ahead of him. And he still dusts right by them. You cannot replicate that. That is a hole now in the Kansas City Chiefs offense. Now, can they go out, get a Chris Olave or a Jamison Williams? Sure. But do they, those guys have the groundbreaking speed of a Tyreek Hill? No. And if you're the Raiders, you've got to be rejoicing. Not only did you get Devontae Adams and make your team better, but because of this, Tyreek Hill got shipped out of town. You don't have to deal with him anymore. Tyreek Hill, who's torched the Raiders both times this past season, they don't have to deal with it. This division doesn't have to deal with it. Every team in the AFC West got better, got deeper this past year, except for the Kansas City Chiefs. They lose Tyron Matthew on defense, who's still a free agent, but they signed Justin Reed. And then they let Tyreek Hill go to the Dolphins. The Kansas City Chiefs, a team I back and enjoy rooting for with Patrick Mahomes, lose Tyreek Hill. And because of that, they are going to lose the division this year. Gone are the days of the Chiefs winning the division. And remember, the Chiefs started out this year horrendous. Three and four to start the year. Patrick Mahomes did not look good. Now he does not have Tyreek Hill. To me, this is a team that will not win the division this year. I don't know if this is a hot take or now, or if most people will agree with this, but I believe the Kansas City Chiefs will finish last in their division behind the Las Vegas Raiders, behind the Denver Broncos, 
and behind the or the Los Angeles Chargers, who definitely got better. So, congratulations to Tyreek Hill. You got your money, but at what cost? Are you going to truly be happy with the Dolphins? Kansas City Chiefs got worse, even though they got draft capital back. We'll see what happens now. What other trades happened? Matt Ryan, Matty Ice, went to the Indianapolis Colts. And to me, was very surprising. You know, you the Falcons were one of the teams vying for Deshaun Watson, moved Matt Ryan's roster bonus to a Tuesday, and they traded him on a Tuesday, which was yes, or Monday, which was two days ago, to the Colts. And uh, the Colts had, you know, the money to get him, and they only traded a third-round pick, which is nothing. It was like, you know, they got a third-round pick in a second from the Commanders uh, for Carson Wentz. You know, they get one of those, give it to the Falcons for Matt Ryan. So essentially trading, you know, Carson Wentz for Matt Ryan in a second-round pick, which is not that business by the Colts. They get the guy that they wanted, not Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield wanted to go to the Colts. Now he's not even going to end up with a team. Do I feel bad for Baker? No. He overplayed his hand. He was the number one overall draft pick a few years ago. He's the one with the chip on his shoulder, touting how good he is, leading the Browns to a good season. Then this past year, blew up in your face. When you blew your shoulder off, you tore your labrum, fractured, dislocated about everything in your shoulder, and you decide to keep on playing. Instead of getting surgery, shutting it down when your team's 3-3, three 4-4, and three, four and, four, and having it be a lost year, you are the reason it is a lost year, and the team wants to go out and get Deshaun Watson. It's because of you, Baker, that you weren't smart in the head to say, hey, let me get the surgery. I'm not going to lose my job to Case Keenum. It's not going to happen. What am I going to do instead? I'm going to play so horribly that the Browns will be forced to make a trade for a better quarterback because he was downright awful the second half of the year after the Arizona Cardinals lost. Just awful to watch. What game comes to my mind constantly? The Pittsburgh Steelers game, where it's open for them to win. And he just can't throw the football down the field accurately. Not five, not ten yards at all. It's that bad. Can't even throw a screen pass. It's that bad. He looked atrocious. If that's my lasting memory of you, if that's a lot of NFL GM's lasting memory of you, why would I want to trade for you? It wasn't smart that you waited three months to get shoulder surgery. You should have gone earlier. J.J. Watt played it smart. Was 7-0 with the uh, Arizona Cardinals. I think technically they were 7-1, and but J.J. Watt did not play the game against the Packers. Every game the uh, that was played with, J.J. Watt, they won. They were 7-0. He gets his shoulder surgery, you know, and he'll try to come back for the playoffs. And it was a smart move because it was like, hey, J.J. Watt, it was a big piece. It was a big loss. And we could tell it was a big loss. But with Baker, it was not the case. Not a big loss at all. He just hindered the team down. So, Baker, it, you what you did was unfair to the Cleveland Browns by playing in that situation. For Stefanski, you know, saying, oh, God, I've got to play this guy again. But it was wrong of Baker to go out there. Now back to the Colts, which is why the Colts did not end up trading for Baker, even though Baker wanted to go there. They get Matt Ryan. Now do I think Matt Ryan is some godsend that's, you know, people are talking about him on the pedestal of, Tom Brady and Matthew Stafford, you know, get him traded and you know, go ahead and win a Super Bowl with the team. No, let's pump the brakes on the Colts. Matt Ryan, to me, can still be a very productive NFL quarterback. 
He can. What does he have? He has one of the best offensive lines in football. He has one of the best running backs in football in Jonathan Taylor. He's got some weapons. Michael Pittman, I believe he need to get another one. OBJ's, you know, said, hey, Matt Ryan on that team looks nice. The defense, Darius Leonard, DeForest Buckner, they got playmakers on the defensive side. I believe they need another weapon. But is Matt Ryan a game changer? No. He was a game changer five years ago when he won MVP and had a 28-3 lead on the GOAT, which was blown. But, I'm sorry. I believe the Colts can win this division. I believe Matt Ryan is a better quarterback than Ryan Tannehill. I believe these teams are structured very similarly. I believe this division will come down to the wire and the division winner will get the one playoff spot. The loser will be out of a playoff spot. But when I look at Matt Ryan and the Colts, to Josh Allen and the Bills, to uh, Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals, to Derek Carr and Devontae Adams and the Raiders, to Russell Wilson and the Broncos, Justin Herbert and the Chargers, no, he does not stack up with those guys. Now, if you win the division, you get into the playoffs, you have the home game, heck, anything could happen. But that will be the formula for the Colts because they're not going out and getting the one seed or the two seed. Not even the three seed. You win your division, you'll get the four seed. But that's what Matt Ryan's got to do. He's got a good coach in Frank Wright. He's got a great system behind him. It's going to be interesting. Uh, But there's a lot of talent in that AFC. Speaking about that AFC, let me talk about the Los Angeles Chargers for a minute who had a great free agency. They went and re-signed Mike Williams, kept the offense together. Mike Williams, Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, all good. What do they do? On defense, we need a corner guy. Let's go get J.C. Jackson. Wow, that's a big move. The best corner on the free agent market. Signs with them, that addressed the concern. What else do we need to do? We need to bolster up our defense. Oh, I don't know. Let's trade for Khalil Mack and get Sebastian Joseph Day from the Rams to bolster up the defensive line. The Chargers are going all in on rookie of uh, rookie deal of quarterback Justin Herbert. And I believe it is going to work out for them. Brilliant by the Chargers, who were a, you know, coaching blunder away from making it to the playoffs if it wasn't for Brandon Staley getting into his own way, which to me will live in infamy is one of the worst decisions ever when he says, I'm playing to win. Well, you don't need to win. All you need to do is tie, and you still get into the playoffs. So the Chargers, and it And to me, it was just great front office management saying, hey, we're going to build this team. We're going to get all these good players that Brandon Staley better not screw us again. And I hope that he doesn't uh, because this team is loaded with talent now from top to bottom. Every position, they've got it covered. Uh, So the Chargers... Great moves that they made. Good for them. Another team that I liked. The Cincinnati Bengals addressed their biggest and only weakness. Maybe not their only weakness, but definitely the weakness takes up spots one, two, and three. What did they do? Beef up their offensive line. They poached Alex Kappa from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right guard. Major need of concern. They get center Karras from the Patriots. Oh, look at that. That's two big holes right there. And then what else do we do? Oh, we go out and get Lyle Collins from the Cowboys as a, as a free agent. And boom, our offensive line is remade. It's retooled. Look at us. If the Bengals had those three players in the Super Bowl, they would have wiped the floor with the Rams. I am glad that they have addressed the need because some teams, you know, 
the Seattle Seahawks say, oh, you know, we're just going to train our guys and develop them. And we'll trust in them to be better the following years. And the offensive line still sucks. It sucked five years ago. It sucked four years ago. Sucked three years ago. It stunk two years ago. Stunk last year. And it still stinks today, which is why Russell Wilson said, I need to get the heck out of here. Get out of Dodge and go to Denver Broncos. Let's ride. The Bengals are smarter than Pete Carroll and Schneider over there. What do they say? They said, guess what? We were literally an offensive line away from winning a Super Bowl. Let's go get it. And they go out and get it. Again, on Joe Burrow's rookie deal, where they still have him, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, the crew. They lose Uzoma. Uh, I believe, you know, he's not a top five tight end, not top ten. He's he's a good player, but you're not really going to miss his production. You can go out and get another tight end. I think they were hoping to get Gronk as well. That won't come to fruition because I think he's staying in Tampa Bay. Uh, I believe, you know, the contract is signed in pencil, not pen yet. But the Bengals do that. We'll see uh, what happens on the Stephon Gilmore front for the secondary. But the Bengals make brilliant, smart moves in getting all of those players. Congratulations uh, to them for beefing up the offensive line and for protecting Joe Burrow. Tremendous. And now let's move on to the Bills. What do the Bills do? They went out and got Von Miller. Now, to me, is Von Miller the kind of guy that'll get you 20 sacks a year now? No. But the Bills did give him a huge payday. Six years, $120 million. That is enough to suffice to pull a player away from anywhere right now. But this is big because they felt they were one defensive play away from, you know, beating the Chiefs and probably representing the AFC in the Super Bowl. You know, but infamous 13 seconds. And it's key because if Von Miller, you know, this could play vice versa. If the Bengals had a better offensive line, they win the Super Bowl. But if the Rams do not have Von Miller, they don't win the Super Bowl. Why? Because the only person that was doubled was Aaron Donald. Leonard Floyd didn't play and everybody else, you know, was winning their matchups. It was Aaron Donald and Von Miller. When Von Miller got one-on-one, they were running stunts with him and Aaron Donald, and you couldn't block Von Miller one-on-one, and that's what caused the demise of the Cincinnati Bengals. So the Bills are hoping for the same thing. We don't need this guy to be like that every single game. We just need him for the big moments, the 13 seconds against the Chiefs, or of that nature where, hey, you know, he'll be a great mentor uh, to uh, Gregory Rousseau and the players we've kind of been drafting high in the first round. And he can still be a very pro- uh, pro- uh, productive player. And it was great because you look at Chandler Jones going to the Raiders uh, and, you know, the Broncos getting Randy Gregory as well. A lot of players making moves. AFC getting stacked. Bills knew they, they had to do something and, you know, they had the number one defense, led all categories. Was it the strongest number one defense I've ever seen? No. But adding Von Miller to that piece makes it just that much better. So congratulations to Von Miller, to the Bills. I mean, AFC is loaded with talent. So the Rams lose on Miller. But they said, wait, hold on. We're not out of this yet. They trade for Allen. Robin or they get Allen Robinson, three years, $45 million. Big move from them. Because Cooper Cup is the number one. But they knew they had to get Allen Robinson because Odell, recovering from ACL surgery, probably won't be ready till uh, December or January. Robert Woods, you know, recovering from ACL. Then they trade him uh, to the tight end. So, you have that, and you're trying to counter the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who've got Godwin and Mike Evans and the Titans. I mean, uh, Odell Beckham if he resigns. So we'll see. 
But Allen Robinson, big move for the Rams, uh, for the Rams to get him. They also extended Matthew Stafford. You know, not the biggest contract there ever was, but still big. Four years, $160 million. Uh, average, you know, per year of like $40 million. It's still a big contract. It's not as big as Aaron Rodgers. Is he as deserving as Aaron Rodgers? No. But I get my props to players who take pay cuts like Tom Brady. And another player I forgot to mention in the midst of the Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill stuff is a wide receiver that to me is greatly underappreciated and undervalued now is Mike Evans. Uh, you know, the past few years, he's second in receiving touchdowns, only receiver to ha- open his career with eight straight thousand yard receiving seasons. He's brilliant. He really is great possession wide receiver, dust to Jalen Ramsey, brilliant play in the divisional round last year. But what does Mike Evans do? Restructures his contract, just like Brady. He knows he's top five. He talks in podcasts and says, hey, you guys know me, know my production, know my stats, know what I bring to the game. I'm top five, and I couldn't agree more. Is he paid like top five? No. What does he want to do? He wants to live in Tampa Bay where it's nice, and he can make his money, which he still does make millions of dollars, and compete for championships. And that's what gets lost, especially with Tyreek Hill. I lost a lot of respect for him today. Gained more respect for uh, Mike Evans and a lot of other players in the league. Now, I know I'm missing out on some big things that happened in the NFL. But the great thing is... I don't believe this offseason is over yet. There is still more to come, and I will be talking more in my next few podcasts about more about how these moves shape up for the next year. But now, moving on to the NBA. Steph Curry is out until the playoffs, which is a big deal. Uh, And to me, it kind of ruins their chances of making the national uh, or making the NBA finals. Because there's just been no great consensus. I mean, they started off the year so great uh, with Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Kaminga, Damian Lee, Jordan Poole. They were tremendous. They had better chemistry than anyone in the league. I mean, Steph Curry was breaking three-point records. They looked good. Then what happens? Oh, Clay Thompson comes back into the mix. each end, uh, you know, the minutes of Poole and Kamingo have been playing great. Draymond Green gets injured. They lose an edge defensively. And then Draymond Green comes back. Steph plays great. Oh, Steph is injured now. So this chemistry can't be made in the playoffs where I believe the Grizzlies are a better team than them and the Suns are a better team. I still have the Grizzlies to represent the West in the NBA Finals. But the Steph news is big. Will they be dropping a ton of spots? No. I think they are, you know, secure in the third spot. I know Utah-Dallas, few games behind them. But I don't believe Golden State slips that much. I'm sure for Memphis' sake, they would love it. But, you know, we'll see. But that is big, big news for the Golden State Warriors. Luckily, it wasn't anything, you know, major, no uh, broken, nothing broken or fractured or anything, you know, completely torn that he'll be back for the start of the playoffs. But tonight, there is two games on, or there's more than two, but two games on ESPN that I'll be picking tonight. The first, the Nets and the Grizzlies. And I'm picking the Brooklyn Nets. I would love to pick the Grizzlies, but no John Morant uh, due to back soreness, you know, carrying the team as far as he has to the two C this year. Uh, But no joke, he, you know, is nursing a knee injury uh, and he will not be available tonight. This is a road game for Brooklyn. So what does that mean? They get the services of Kyrie Irving for this game. Uh, And because of that, how well Kyrie's been playing in these little part-time games, uh, I believe the Brooklyn Nets win this game. I believe if Ja Morant is in, they win. But 
but no John Morant in Brooklyn as healthy as they could be uh, at this moment. I believe they go out, put on a show, and beat the Memphis Grizzlies. Then you have the 76ers and the Lakers. Now, Philadelphia 76ers guaranteed to me a top four spot in the playoffs. Los Angeles Lakers are just battling for the play-in game. But this game has some intrigue because the top two scorers in the league are going up against each other. LeBron at 30 points per game, number one, leading the league and scoring at 30 points. Joel Embiid, number two, leading the league in 29.8 points. So this is a matchup right here. But I have the 76ers winning it. I believe LeBron will play great. I believe he'll drop 30-plus points in this game. But I also believe Joel will as well. And the Lakers do not have anybody that can match Joel Embiid. Not one person on the Lakers I have faith in to go out there and guard Embiid. They just don't. They don't have anybody to guard Harden. I believe if LeBron is fully locked in defensively, he can. But I don't think he will. And I think the Lakers lose this game because the players on the 76ers are much more unguardable than the Lakers. Now, no one can guard LeBron on the 76ers. LeBron will get his points. But there are more players you have to guard on the Sixers than on the Lakers. You can leave Westbrook open from three and dare him to shoot. And he will miss. He is just that awful. But the Lakers will lose this game. LeBron will get his points. 76ers win this game uh, tonight. Now moving on to the NHL, where I'll just talk about some moves briefly, some moves that I liked. One, Marc-Andre Fleury to the Wild. Why? Obviously, Marc-Andre Fleury did not have his best stuff with the Chicago Blackhawks. He is going to somewhat of a contender now in the Minnesota Wild. Good for him. I believe he'll be more engaged. But this is just, I feel bad. Marc-Andre Fleury, one of my favorite players, won the Vesna Trophy last year, gets shipped to Chicago in the offseason, and now shipped at the trade deadline to Minnesota. I do feel bad for the guy, but this is a better situation in Minnesota that he finds himself in than the Blackhawks. You know, Minnesota is the three seed in the Central Division, could very much make a push and become the second seed, uh, better than Chicago, who is the second uh, to worst team in that division and the third worst team in the Western Conference. Another move I like, Giordano to the Maple Leafs. Big move to shore up that blue line, especially if you want to catch Tampa Bay uh, and have the home uh, series there. You have Boston right on your tail as well. So big move for the Maple Leafs. I thought they had to make a move. Shoring up the blue line was a big one. Big news for them, especially with the prolific offense that they have to get him. Great stuff there. And then finally, Richard Raquel to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Great, great move. Uh, he's a 30-plus goal scorer, uh, but more right now in his career, a 20-plus goal scorer. You put him on a line with Malkin, that's dangerous. I think it's great because now you can move Rust back uh, to the line with Sidney Crosby. You keep the chemistry of Kappen and Carter together. You have a buzzsaw fourth line. When you roll all four lines out, Pittsburgh got more dangerous. Look out. Pittsburgh, to me, is shaping up like the team to beat. Carolina's been great, but you can never count out the Pittsburgh Penguins, which is why I'm quickly going to run through my NHL top five. Number five, the New York Rangers, you know, they just lost to the Devils, guys shellac. But before that, they beat two good teams. They beat the Avalanche, or my bad, they beat the Carolina Hurricanes, number one in the Metro. And they beat the Tampa Bay Lightning, number two in the Atlantic. They've been beating good teams. You know, Igor Shisterkin is their MVP, and their power play is prolific. Do not put this team on the power play, I will tell you that. Number four, 
the Pittsburgh Penguins, you know, it seems like every year in the offseason I read, Pittsburgh Penguins are just about done. Your stars are old. You know, this is a borderline wild card team. I've been reading this for years now. Last year, what did they do? They win their division. What are they doing right now? Well, they are number two in their division, inching closer uh, to that number one spot. They have scored, you know, the third most goals in their division, 210. One of the better defensive teams in the league as well with Chris Letang, Tristan Jari, has been spectacular. They've won seven of their past 10 games. You know, only one of three teams to have won seven of their past 10 games. Go Pittsburgh. Number three, Carolina uh, Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, another team that is great, young, offensive-minded team. Number one in the stacked Metro division, sitting at 90 points. One of three teams to sit there at 90 points. Uh, so far, you know, they have gotten the better of Pittsburgh, you know, of the head-to-head series. I will give them that, but Pittsburgh's coming. Number two, Florida Panthers. Number one of the Atlantic, you know, holding off the threats, Tampa Bay, Toronto, Boston. They are beating any regular season challengers. Of course, it is all that matters in the postseason. But when you have scored the most goals in the league so far, you have the best, you know, goal differential. Things are looking up for you. Great offense and defensive team. But number one is the Colorado Avalanche. You want statistics, you go to the Florida Panthers. You just want wins, go to Colorado. All they do is win. A balanced team. Uh, This team is scary good right now. They are clicking 95 points. I think they're wrapping up the President's Trophy in a matter of weeks. Those are my top five. The Rangers, the Penguins, the Avs, or about Hurricanes, the Panthers, and the Avs. And then a couple things I want to finish up with before I hit my one-hour time cap. Yankees. Nobody wants to go to the Yankees. Did you know they didn't sign one major free agent? Carlos Correa to the Twins. Story to the Red Sox division rival. Freddie Freeman to the Dodgers. The uh, Toronto Blue Jays brought in Matt Chapman from the A's. The Yankees. What are they doing? They are not in competition for the pennant race. I believe they will be third or fourth, my bad, fourth in the AL East. I've got the Blue Jays ahead of them, the Red Sox ahead of them, and the Tampa Bay Rays ahead of them. I'm sorry, but the Yankees are that bad, which is why I am not a fan of the Yankees and will not associate myself with the Yankees anymore. If they go out, make money, and do nothing with it, it's quite terrible to watch. And then last, but officially last but not least, yes, college basketball. I wanted to go through my full bracket, but I was on my break. But Duke is my team to win it all. It was my pick on my bracket. was my preseason prediction. It was Coach K's final year. Was there some hiccups in the road? Yes, lost the final game to North Carolina. Uh, lost the ACC tournament game, which I believe cost them a one seed as well. Now they're in a bracket uh, with Gonzaga. But I believe Duke will win it all. That is still my pick to win it all. Uh, They face a tough Texas Tech team. Uh, Tomorrow it'll be an excellent game. I like Duke. My Michigan Wolverines, surprising the nation, even surprising me, thought they'd win that opening game against Colorado State, fought, beat the deficit early. Then Tennessee. Tennessee, one of the hottest teams in the country, won their SEC tournament, looked great. Michigan, excellent defense. Hunter Dickinson has played great. Now they play Nova. Give me Nova. Give me Jay Wright. Jawan Howard, this Michigan team, is rolling. They're looking good at just the right time. March Madness has been madness in general uh, with, you know, Iowa State, Miami, and 11-10 matchup. St. Peter's uh, with the upset as well, uh, you know, making it to the Sweet 16, a 15 seed. Uh, 
this March Madness has been great. North Carolina beating Baylor. Baylor have only one seed out so far. We'll see what the Sweet 16 and Elite 8 brings us. But March Madness has been good, even though the NFL offseason has been more March Madness than March Madness itself. It's taken that uh, title. But this has been Get Your Goat. It's been great to be back. The GOAT is returned. AFC is loaded. I don't know who the best team is. I want to look at it when it's all said and done. But what do you think? Who's your best team in the AFC right now? I'll talk to you guys later. Bye, everybody.